This is Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. I'm Christy. I'm Beth. And And we're we're sisters. We're also mothers, writers, entrepreneurs, and purpose-driven inspiration junkies. You know what we're not? Perfect. If you're okay with that, this podcast is for you. We share real-life experiences and the lessons we continue to learn with the hope that it will encourage you to live your most authentic life of purpose. Let's do this, Christy. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Mr. Kevin Moses is here. He is one of my good friends, even though I haven't known Kevin for very long. Um, What I do know about him is that he is... Always has a smile on his face. He always has something encouraging to say. And he is a diehard Redskins fan. (laughs) Kevin and I met at the gym, and it didn't take him long to tell me about the Redskins. So he's trying to convert me to to a true Redskins fan. Kevin, we're so glad to have you here today. Yes, welcome, Kevin. So excited to have you here and for you to share your story with all of our listeners. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. So we want to really introduce you to our listeners, but we really want you to introduce yourself. So just tell us a little bit about who Kevin is. Hi, my name is Kevin Moses. I'm from Columbia, Mississippi, home of Walter Payton, football player, where I moved then to New Jersey and started my life and met my wife, got married, got a job. And started uh, liking the Redskins. And now we moved back to Madison because I got a retirement disability. So I didn't want to be in the city because the traffic's too much for me at that time. So we're here now. Don't you love Madison? Yes, I, I love do. I love this area. How, how do you like it compared to the other places you've lived? Well, in fact, it's, it's better for my condition because uh, it's slower pace. Yeah. And the city's a lot more, a lot of more movement than it is than the South. It's just like well, I was raised in a lot of backwood country, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And yeah, if you're yeah. from Mississippi originally, then yes, I yeah, am. yeah, and a real Mississippi bulldog, not Georgia. <laughs> Come on now, come on. Maybe you should have left that part out. (laughs) But yes, I really enjoy myself here, and uh, this is why I think I end me to the rest of my life. Well, that's good. We're glad to have you. I'm I'm certainly glad that you're here because I've really enjoyed getting to know you, and now we got you on the podcast, and it's just it's just amazing how how things like that work. So I'm I'm super glad that we we cross paths. Me we too. have a lot of fun. We we cheer each other on in the gym. Yeah. We have our good days. We have our bad, bad days, days. But we always are cheering for each right. other. Yeah, we always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. you, got me, and now we here. I love how uh, life does that though. How that you just run into people. I don't think anything is by chance. And so I love True. how that God just puts you in people's paths. True. And like, you know, you met Beth at the gym and now here you are a podcast. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just, and I, and I know. In itself. Like, yeah, it I really told, is. Like I told I normally don't, well, I never really spoke on my condition. Oh, turn the phone off, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I, uh, to tell you that part. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it was just something about her that I just like volunteered and informed her about my situation and to my 
half, she didn't have no problem taking me, you know, to the side saying, you know, it's all right to uh, express yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, you did receive. People wouldn't know this about you because I didn't. Oh, I talked to you for a long time right. before we, oh, yeah. you know, before you did talk about um, your condition. And I would have never known that about you, but I loved that about you. I loved that that I would not, I didn't realize that you had had this life-altering diagnosis and all of the things now that I know, but I did not know then that everything you had been through. And I think that's what makes your story so inspirational is because you just pushed on and you had resilience mm-hmm. and I know it wasn't easy. So still not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why don't you tell us a little bit about that, about your diagnosis and kind of how that all came about? Well, it all came about in 2009. <clears throat> I was still working like I normally does. And when I used to come home from work, I would come home and sit down and no movement. My wife would say, well, you're going to get up and do X, Y, Z. And I was like, I'm tired right now. And it, it was always, I stay there and lay down up until it's time to go to bed. And I get up just in time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you might need to go to the doctor because I used to get off work at 3.30. And from the time I got home to the time I had to go to sleep at night, I was doing nothing. You were just really tired? I was really tired. Didn't yeah. know why. Just was tired. And she kept saying, go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I would resist and say, I don't, you know, I'll be okay. I'll be all right. And then one particular night, it hit me, and I just, and we, in our house, we have a, a bathroom in our bedroom, and I couldn't get up just to go to the bathroom. She said, you know what, we're going to go to the hospital. So when I, when I got to the hospital, they tried to do, ran all different type of tests on me, and to no avail, they didn't know what was going on, so they gave me some type of antibiotics, and that was able to help me stabilize myself. And then the next day I went to the doctor and they couldn't tell me exactly what was going on. But each and every day, uh, it was just something about my eyes that it was just, the light was so sensitive that I just could not, I was like, oh, the light just hurt me. But my body was still saying that something was wrong, like I was fatigued all the time. But not knowing that it was still something to do with my eyes, it just, I was like, but my eyes are hurt. They're tired. I just want to rest them, mm-hmm. you know. And so we uh, went to the regular doctor, and they sent me to a, a specialist. So I had gone to one specialist, and, again, no one can figure out what my condition was. So they sent me to another person. Again, that was no, no, nothing was going on. And finally, I met this guy named Dr. Epstein. And he said, well, <clears throat> I, I found it. Figure out what's wrong. I got good news and I got your bad news. He said, which one you want to hear? <laughs> I said, well, I'm already have a bad news because I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Just tell me something. Well, he said, you have a condition. Well, he said, it's not a condition. It's a disease. It's a disease, autoimmune disease. So sometimes I say condition, but it's a disease, mm-hmm. autoimmune disease. And he said, what that is is attacking your eyes. And when it attacks your eyes, it it goes into your body and attacks your back, which I had no idea. He just broke it down to like your our body's like a car or something. He, well, that's the illustration he gave. Mm-hmm. Like if the engine is not running right, it's gonna break down the you know all your this and that and so on and this for. And he said so that's what why you feel so tired all the time because your eyes, uh, is it like arthritis of the eyes, and then that attack your back, and along with that 
you wasn't getting no treatment for it. It's just, you know, it was it just breaking. other parts of your body. Correct. Yeah. So then after that, he, then he said, what we can do is we can try to uh, stabilize it. And, and sort of like, and I say this, sort of like someone to have cancer. You know how you be in a remission? So they said, so we can put you in remission, but over time you will lose sight, your eyesight. So that was the bad news. So when he said that, then I like, you know, you that's what anybody, once you hear that, you're depressed from the moment he, you know, and then he going to say, but, you know, you continue to take these medications, whatever he said after that, he told me that I was going to lose sight. I didn't hear nothing else. All I just knew. You didn't hear the good news. You no, just said, that's it. I just blocked everything out after that and then after that uh he started giving me which i still take to this day like steroids i take d- three different type of medication in my eyes eye drops mm-hmm. and uh and any, anybody know when you take steroids that's not good for you but it's it's good for the stuff in my eyes but it's not good for my body in the long mm-hmm. run and uh so then i uh Developed cataract, and uh, at a young age, and then he had to remove the cataracts. Then from that point, I developed glaucoma, and they had to do surgery on both eyes and put a, a tube in it. For Was your, this all as a result of your uveitis that you developed all of these things? Correct. Okay. Yes, and uh, so so uveitis—that is the name of the disease, the autoimmune disease that yes. they diagnosed you with. Correct. Okay. And and what it does again, like it's inflammation of your body, mm-hmm. and it attacks your eyes and all and rest of my body, which until my feet, my back, and all things mm-hmm. like that. That's why I go to a rheumatologist, and you know when you see me in the gym, I be pulling on my arm a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time I have to dis- to uh, diver- differentiate which one it is because like when a person working out you know quite naturally you will pull a muscle here and there but I still have to be conscious of whether or not I pull a muscle or it could be inflammation that set in so mm-hmm. it's it, it's it, it I have a lot in the back of my mind I'm always second guessing what could it be right but I'm continually still to this day going to the doctor at least once or twice a week which I have a doctor appointment tomorrow and at this point I I didn't say to you, but I, I might have a little good news tomorrow. They're trying to see if they can give me a little eyesight in my left eye. So there might be another surgery coming along. So Really? Yeah. 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 So I'm Tell going tomorrow that, yeah. at 1030, and they have a specialist coming from Atlanta. Thank God I got good medical insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have a lot of specialists that, I, yeah. I go to. And so whether and you were you were working, sorry to interrupt you, no, but you ahead. were working at the time, right? When yeah. you weren't mm-hmm. you working full time when you got this diagnosis mm-hmm. and you know, y'all know you had the symptoms, but right. how did that come on? Like what w- did it start happening at work? Cause you talked about yes. being at home, but you, I, I remember mm-hmm. a story you told me about mm-hmm. you were at work. Well, I'll let you tell the story, but you said yeah, it just kind of hit, it yeah. just kind of hit you uh, all of a sudden yeah. and you were just a, uh-huh. You know, working yeah. guy and like, like doing we're, your we're thing. Like, like we're talking here now yeah. again. I was in my office speaking to someone, and it's just like something just hit me in the side of my head, and I started seeing stars. Like, what's going on? I don't know what that could be. So the gentleman at the time <clears throat> said, well, "Just sit down, relax. You need to do. You need to see the nurse because I worked for the board of education at the time." I said, "Yes," because I don't know what it is. I just felt faint and just like everything, just like. In circles, so she had come in and uh, 
she didn't know what it was, but at that time too, my it elevated my my blood pressure. Like mm-hmm. it was real high. So that's what the ambulance came and took me to the hospital for that time. Cause I still say that, you know, I went to the hospital with my wife, but right. there's another time. Yeah. And uh so when she said, Well, I don't know what it is, but your blood pressure is so high. So they called ambulance, picked me up, went to the emergency room, you know, sought after me or whatever the case may be. And I still don't remember whether it's the white blood cell, the black, I mean the red blood cell, but it was something real high. Mm-hmm. And they was trying to get it down before they let me out of the hospital. That's all they can uh, do at that time. They still didn't know, right. you know, like what I know now was something going wrong with my eyes. And then your diagnosis came along later. Uh, those those um, autoimmune diseases seem to be extremely hard for doctors to diagnose because Correct. they still don't know enough mm-hmm. about them because it's, you know, your body attacks itself. So it's like mm-hmm. they still, I think there's still so much research and so much room for improvement with that because there's still so much they don't know, yes. don't know about them. And I think that's why a lot of people go undiagnosed for so mm-hmm. long and then, you know, that's like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's dangerous because it continues to eat away and, you know, different ones kind of focus on different parts of the body, I notice. And, mm-hmm. and you can go to several doctors yeah. and even specialists sometimes and not get that diagnosis. So it's a prolonged yeah. period of you having this and mm-hmm. not doing anything to, you know, offset it. And so. that's exactly what I did. Went to mm-hmm. several doctors and thank God for Dr. Epstein and, you know, and I communicate to this day, you know, so I keep an advice of what I'm going through and what I continue to go through and what I will be going through. And like I spoke to him about tomorrow, like they're going to look into seeing whether or not they can, you know, do something to my left eye, which is going blind. So I know tomorrow what the person will be able to tell me, but any news is better than not having a chance. So yeah. even if it doesn't work out at this point, I'm still all right with what my life has presented this for. So I'm good. So let me ask you this, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Let's go back for a second to mm-hmm. you were talking about when you got the diagnosis and the doctor told you mm-hmm. that you were that you then it was going to affect your vision in such a negative way and you didn't hear the good news. So tell let, let's tell us a little bit more about how you dealt with that initially. And I'm sure you were probably depressed. I can't imagine getting Mm -hmm. a diagnosis like that. Like I, I would really like to know kind of the emotion, the emotion and what you went through, because I know that had to be really hard. Yes, indeed. I was depressed. I stopped going to work and I got, well, just didn't stop. I got a note from my doctor, so I still was able to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> I mean, you got to look at it, you know. So, yes, I told him at that point, you know, is you know, is it a way I can just, you know, take a week or two off? And he had no problem with it, and he wrote. And, and also, I, you know, not just saying it because I'm here, but I feel, and I still say I was a good employee, so that my uh, job, went, you know, you know, work with me. They so support her, They yeah. support it to this day. So, and mm-hmm. then that's why, you know, I thank God for the job I had. And, you know, I still communicate with a lot of people now. But, yes, so he had written me a note, and I took it to him a resource, and I was out for, like, two weeks and tried to get myself together. And then that's when, you know, through my job also, and they, you know, they provided, they said, you know, I went through uh, therapy through my job because, mm-hmm. you know, again, my good insurance or whatever, and, uh, I were reluctant to go to the uh, 
therapy because, you know, a lot of people don't feel as though you need to go tell somebody your problem, whatever. And it took me a while because I was so taken back of what he had told me I had. And as a person who always, again, was into whatever the case may be, laughing, joking, and moving around to just not moving at all, and then you get told that you have something that will take your eyesight away when, you know, you that's one of the main five cents you have and you looking mm-hmm. like and you know yeah yeah that's scary someone can tell you all day long i'm i'm so sorry to hear this i i understand and at that time you don't understand <laughs> that's what i was right. saying and i said <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, no you don't understand yeah, yeah. but i you know and, and you and you don't want to be mad with the people because they don't you know they're just telling you whatever the case may be just right. to try to you know more support so did you feel angry, though? Like, was that, you, I know you said that you felt depressed, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. Yes. Did you did you go through emotions like anger, sadness? Was mm-hmm. it a lot of everything? Or were it was you all just, three above what you yeah, just said. I went yeah. through, uh, during the course of being depressed, I'm look, of course, most people, I don't know, but I know I said, why me? Some people sure. always ask, why me? Sure. Then I went from why me to why not me? To try to you know get myself built back up, cause sometimes it depends on a person. Uh, you can be going through things, and as they say, God wasn't putting nothing on that that you cannot bear. Mm-hmm. So I start. I like I said to you, I was in a dark room. I go to the third, we come home, and just stay in the room and just don't want to talk to nobody. So they might call. Like I don't want to speak on the phone. I tell my wife or somebody come by. Uh, don't want to come out the room and she's like, well, you at least they came by. You should at least say X, Y, Z. You just isolated yourself. Uh, yeah. Correct. And during that time, I said, you know, um, she said, what about me? Meaning her, you know, how you think I feel? You know, you seeing you sit in this room and you don't you know it affect me, the kids, you know. Then I got to thinking about what she said. And then to order to support the people around you, you first got to get yourself up and at it and move forward. Because it's not only you, it's just like if you have a child, when your child hurt, you hurt. And so that's what she said, you my husband, so when you hurt, I hurt. Mm-hmm. Same way, like with your kid. Mm-hmm. So as I sat in that dark room, I got to thinking, and I said, you know, you're right. You know, I don't want to set a example for our kids, and then for the people that do come by and show support, and I'm not saying anything, and that's not right for, for those people to come over, and, and then I don't come out the room. So I just had a long talk with myself, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I just got to get out this dark space. I am going to the third. I'm going to relay the information that was given to me through my wife and what I have been thinking of on my own and see what she says, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. And so a little at a time, I would <clears throat> speak on the phone to people who did, you know, did call and gave me more support and Again, like with my wife and kids, and then I start going out to eat or whatever with with her, and then just like start slowly but slow, slowly but surely get my, you know, my mojo back. And <clears throat> look at me now, baby, I'm here. <laughs> but yeah. So is that is that would what would you say? Is it the support of family and friends that? kind of motivated you and knowing, like you said, they were depending on you because they love you and you love them. Right. Was there a turning point? And if so, what was that thing or those things that made you say, 
I'm just not going to do this. Was it just the family thing, the, like no, you just it, mentioned, it, like it, the support of like was, I just? It was all three. It was the right. family support, the therapist, and also my doctors. So each visit too, when I did go to the doctor, and then you know, and then you have some people just would tell you bluntly, man, you need to just come off that because you know some I know people blind and you not blind, so they saying mm. that. And some people, which I appreciate, they said, well, listen. You can't be feeling sorry for yourself because some people are blind. You got a chance to continue to see. They telling you all you need to do is eat right, exercise, and you sitting here looking moping alone. And I, yeah. <laughs> you need those kind of friends yeah. in your life. Yeah. Though. I'll, I always feel like I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, and 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 then I'm like, wait a minute, you you're right. I can do this. Yeah. And and, and unfortunately, like I said, you in the gym. I that's when I lost. That's when I really got myself together. I lost it, my sight and my left eye, and I like. Well, I, I'm not going to lose the sight. Because remember I told you, I said, I'm not losing sight in my right eye. Yeah. I know what to do now. So now that I, like I said, and this just happened too, by me coming to the gym or whatever and getting my life refocused, that I would have never thought that this guy said they can probably restore some vision in my left eye. And whoever would have thought that, you see? So that's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. wherever cross your path, like it's a downfall, it's something at the end of the tunnel that might be that little light you just got to go forward and keep looking it's just like if you're going to the ocean and you, and the, and you, you know how you be in the ocean and the, it's foggy mm-hmm. and as you keep going you know on the other side of the ocean is land mm-hmm. but you're not going to get to the land if you keep saying it's foggy and you can't maneuver through it you just got to keep going you mm-hmm. follow what I'm saying to get to that land and that's where I'm at now I'm just going to keep moving forward and whatever come my way I'm going to take it on strong that's why I always say the champ is here. <laughs> I'm back, you know. So you know that's what like when I first met you. Like I said at the beginning, mm-hmm. I would have never. I know people can't see you right now, but right. Kevin wears sunglasses, and glasses. he's he was in glasses. there. Well, they just look like cool sunglasses to me, but, that's what you said. but I call them sunglasses. <laughs> but he, you, you're in there with the glasses on, and you you made a joke to me one time and said, mm-hmm. "Do you ever wonder why I wear these?" I was like, mm-hmm. "I just thought you were really cool. It never even crossed my I mind." Am. That's we true. can't you forget are, that. I'm you're still cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, this experience, you've mm-hmm. talked about, you know, the emotions that you went through mm-hmm. and, you know, where you got in that dark place. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how that this has changed your life from what it used to be and kind of changed your perspective mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, to before? You know, the good, the bad, whatever you want to share. Right. Just how do you think that this has changed your perspective on things? Well, it changed my life dramatically because in fact like I was just a happy-go-lucky person which I am coming along to it now but it just made me more like when I for instance when I see things like I see things from a different point of view from what I used to now someone can see me like I said to you in the gym they like uh why did he have those shades on I think about that time but I it doesn't bother me you Mm -hmm. follow what I'm saying and then like you see people in cars and and I used to I used to be one of them, like, why are they going so slow? And you blow the horn, mm-hmm. but you don't know why the reason why that person going slow. I go slow because I have autoimmune disease, which is attack my eyes, you virus. So if a person pull alongside you, and I've done it before, like I said in the past, I'm like, that's a young person. Why is he drawing, drawing, driving so slow? But you just never know. You just got to think about, you know, the why, the reason why that person, the person is doing what they're doing, you know. 
Yeah, we never really know what other people are going through. Right. It's so easy to judge <laughs> right. a person or a situation and just make a snap judgment. And you really, mm-hmm. you have no idea what's going on in their life or what they're going through <laughs> or what they're dealing with. And that's why I told her, I said, I know a lot of people be like saying to them, like, well, why has he got them shades on in the gym? But, you know, again, like I said, I don't feel as though I got to stop and say my side of the story, the reason why. I just know I'm different and I'm okay with it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and it's a good difference. So I just keep pushing forward. And also, <clears throat> it's, uh, I'm going to illustrate to you, like, uh, it, like when you do tell someone, that you are having difficult sin or whatever the case may be, and you could be with that person, like, say, for instance, like you and I, we see each other in the gym, whatever. Some people can't still, uh, over time, forget about, you know, you are having difficult sin. And they were like, oh, you don't see that? Or you, you know, I have people like, you, you, you can't, you don't see that car, you don't see this or that. And I'm like, I told you I have, and they were like, come on, you seen this the other day, but at, time your vision are blurrier than they are at time but mm-hmm. you just can't explain each and every time to someone you know mm-hmm. but what what my thing is if they see a person say for instance if you have a cast on your hand you know and if you have a cast on your hand so a person conscious of what you can and can't do because then you they see that cast on your hand right but they do not see that you don't told them that you have a autoimmune disease that affects your eyes and you have blurry blurry vision and then you have uh, fatigue where you can be tired a lot. And they be like, and they'll say to you, uh, well, you, we just went over here and you talking about you tired already? And I don't want to keep saying, then I just tell you I had. So, you know, <laughs> they, they quickly forget. Now, once you take that cast off your hand, then they'll quickly forget you just had that cast mm-hmm. on your hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you take a cast off your hand, wherever leg or whatever the case may be, you still have a healing process. But believe me, you, when you take it off, well, it'd be two days or three days later. What you mean you can't take the garbage out? What you mean you can't do this? You'd be like, I just took the cast off. Man, you've been saying that about your hand for the long. Your hand, all right. That's yeah, the yeah. things I have to go through, believe it or not. Like, you can be with somebody and they done, you done told me your story, this and that. And two months, three months later, man, well, you you driving, aren't you? They like, well, they, long as they say, well, you driving, then you okay. Or if yeah. you can see uh, this at night at some point. And then the next night or two, I might can't see it. But they're like, well, well, you seen it yesterday. You saw it yesterday. I'm like, okay, well, today I can't. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just that from being continue. around you, mm-hmm. like, you ha- you still have flare-ups. You have your, your good days mm-hmm. with it and your bad days with right. it. And there's been a couple days that you had to not come to the gym mm-hmm. because the inflammation and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I can see where that could be frustrating right. that it changes from day to day. Exactly. And it's not always the same, but it's always there. That's the thing with the autoimmune too, mm-hmm. from what I understand is like the inflammation when it, that's, that's one of the root things with all autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. is inflammation in your body. So I could see, especially in your eyes, mm-hmm. if that flares up, how that, that would affect your, your vision even oh, yeah. more. Like some days I'm sure are better than others. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. But like you said, I like that illustration you used with the cast. Thank you. People Thank can, you. people can see yeah. a cast, so, so they, they automatically it. know something's wrong. Right. But like with you, you know, you just wear your cool shades. So mm-hmm. unless somebody knows right. what the situation is with you, they like best. She said when she first met you, she had, yeah. you know, she would have never known. Cool. So Right. <laughs> Tell about the illustration I told you about the fish bump. Remember when you said, okay, yeah, so this is one of the things, and this is, (laughs) this is another thing that I love about Kevin and his resilience is that 
we were in the gym and Kevin is a big fist bumper. Mm-hmm. Now he, he'll give me a big hug too. And, and, but he, he, he does a fist bump all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, after we got to know each other a little bit and we talked about kind of his, uh, you know, his condition and all of that, he fist bumped me one day and he's like, let me, let me show you something. It's a little trick he uses because of his vision being, you know, like it is. He said, put your hand out. Or he said, watch me put my hand out. And when I did, he put his fist up and I automatically came to his fist. And he said, that's a little trick I use. See, nobody ever know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sometimes I won't, you know, I won't get the aim right, but I'll just, basically he just holds his fist there uh-huh. and I automatically came to him and I was like, I love it. I love that's it. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's you always got to find a way to get, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's looking at the bright side though. Yes. And that's like picking out the things you can do. You know, yeah. I always like to say when I feel overwhelmed or things aren't going, you know, the way that I wish they would in my life, mm-hmm. I try to, I wasn't like this when I was younger, but now that I'm older and a little bit wiser, I like to think, mm-hmm. I try to look at the things that I have accomplished mm-hmm. or the things I can do versus right. the things I can't do or the things that I haven't accomplished yet. Right. And just that little change in perspective mm-hmm. really kind of reframes the way that you think and it can mm-hmm. change a bad day to a good day and, or, you know, something, I love that you've taken something really traumatic that happened to you and it was Mm -hmm. so hard for you to deal with and still is, but I can tell that you're just such a positive person Mm -hmm. and like you in the gym, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're working out, you're trying to take care of yourself and, but still living your life to the fullest. I mean, that's just really, that's commendable and Mm -hmm. so inspirational. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and to add to that, he's not only, working out and doing those things but kevin always is is encouraging to other people and he always has something positive and encouraging to say to other people and i love that because because you do you Mm -hmm. you know i'm around you enough at this point Mm -hmm. i know you're you know it's not just me you're talking to other people and you're just you know you're just that person that you're not over there in your own little world with a frown on your face right. and, and you're, you're reaching out to people and you're connecting to people and you're encouraging people. And I always feel, mm-hmm. I always feel more positive when I leave your okay. presence, even whether you're having maybe a bad day or a good day, you mm-hmm. just, you just kind of talk about it and you, at the end of it, you always have something, um, to say that's about overcoming Mm-hmm. and looking at the positive side Thank and you. that's that's so important and yeah. i really i really love that you find the good uh, i appreciate everything. it because again like i said i had a good talking to them when they said well you know it's other people doing way worse which is true it's always somebody doing worse than you are but at the time you ain't trying to hear it meaning you were that person because you're looking like yeah but you're not going through what i'm going through mm-hmm. but if you just look deep within yourself then you'll see that it's always somebody wish they could have my sight that a person that's blind still wish they could see with one eye. So when I think about things like that, then I say, well, you know what? I still have a good day. And sometimes when people tell me, I know one time when I said, what Beth said too, she said, you have a good day. And I said, you have a better one. And she just looked. <laughs> the reason why I say you have a better one, because my good day doesn't compare to your good day. Mm-hmm. So if I have, you have a, if I have a great day, to me, that's like a good day to you. You see what I'm saying? So that's yeah. why I say you have a better one. Mm-hmm. So I always try, like you said, try to make something out of nothing. Now, once I got here and I was saying to Beth, uh, now I'm a part of this uh, living life program where it's uh, uh, for the blind people. And so they 
me and my doctor and them, they told me I should start going there just in case I go completely blind. And I say I, I'm not, which, you know, just in case I do, I still need to go learn how to do it with this, the stick, the braille, and things of that source. And once I got there, then I started saying everybody there is blind, with the exception of me and maybe maybe two other people. But the more of the story is, I'm at a place where I see people that maneuver with their phone, computers, and the life skill we went kayaking, and we can do exactly what the next person does. And so that's uh, inspiration within itself. So when you see other people doing what you thought you could not even do, it's just, you know, you just got to keep doing you know what I'm saying? Because when I talk to those people that's completely blind and they speak to me, they say, and I say, well, I'm able to see. They say, oh, boy, I wish I could see like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like, right. well, yeah. So I, they give me inspiration. So I carry them on my back when I like when I went to the game. I'm looking like I root for them, those people also because I know they'd be happy to hear what I've, what I've done while I was there and stuff like that and, you know, things of that sort. But you know, and what's the name of the nonprofit? I know you've talked to Living me. Life. Living Life. Living Life. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. And yeah. I know you've you've been at a couple different things. You go weekly to this event. It's like a at local first event. I did because they were teaching me how to use the uh, cane. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like once a month. The the everyone else come like the second Thursday of each month. Mm-hmm. But once I when I first joined the program, I was coming like every Thursday because they were you know, because we have a large group, and so it'd be like three of us at a time on that Thursday, and they'll teach us, like, with the king or Braille or whatever the case may be, you know, one-on-one experience and things of that sort. And they also, eventually, they can provide you if you would like to, like, have a part-time job or something like this, too. So, you know, because, it, it, you know, it's funded by the government, so they have, you know, they able to do different things for you so that's which is good yeah christian i always say on the podcast who you surround yourself with is everything Mm -hmm. and you know you're a part of that group Mm -hmm. and people who are overcoming you know like you said that are completely blind and i I always think that who we surround ourselves with is just a is really important for our own mental health mm-hmm. and our own positivity and things like that. Cause you can get in a group of people that bring you down mm-hmm. and you know, they're, they're, you know, always talking about all the bad and never mm-hmm. the good. So you know, like I mentioned uh, earlier, when they forget, you yeah. told them you had a eye condition. They'd be like, man, you can see, or you come on, or, man, you don't want to go, you know? So. And, but the people you're around, no doubt they, understand yeah, completely understand. and you know, we understand look at all other. they're doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then like we just had a uh, fundraiser. Remember I had told you, yeah, yeah. and we had a lot of a lot of people come out to you know turn out and things of that sort. And so we're gonna have a dance coming up. So we do a lot of different yeah. things that everyone else does: dance, kayaking. Uh, they even had before I came, they had went horseback riding. So you know, so we able to do a lot of things. So what a what a great reminder though to to focus on gratitude because it's so easy i think for us as just human beings sometimes to look at the things that are not right in our life mm-hmm. but like you said you know going to this group this great group of people there are so many people that have it worse than you do that have mm-hmm. no vision at all so they look at you and they're like oh wow mm-hmm. you know y- you can see but but i love the fact that you focus on mm-hmm 
that gratitude of saying, I can, I can see, right. and I'm going to do as much as I can as mm-hmm. you know, that I'm able to do. And it's so, it's, it's so refreshing to, to see, to see that. And so very inspiring too, because I think that's so important to focus on, you know, not everything that's wrong, but what is good. Right. But, but, you know, you were talking about earlier, the hard time that you went through. I thought also think it's important to let yourself feel those things and Mm -hmm. to go through those times Mm -hmm. and not try to fight that off. Like, you know, no doubt you needed that, that time in that dark room and you needed that time alone to kind of work through everything that you were, that you were going to deal with. And, but I love how you just pulled yourself out of that. Me too. And it's, it's, it's awesome. And so inspirational. Because again, had I not pulled myself out, look what all I'm missing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have been a part of this special group that I've, uh, am a part of now. I stopped going to the Washington Redskins game, which I love, you know, and just I wouldn't have been meeting positive people, you know, just in general, you know. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, it's like uh, as I've been moving along, it's just like you would tell your story to whom you don't know where. It's just like, say, if a wino is out on the road every day and he's drinking and drunk, and I've heard it before. They were like, man, before I, I used to be a good football, baseball player, and, and this and that. The more the story, you're going to you're gonna tell your story to someone. I don't care who you are. If you are a bad person, you go to jail, you're going to be in jail talking about, man, I did this and that and that, and then I made a mistake and got locked up. Mm-hmm. And if you are a good football player and you fall from grace, then you're going to tell your story to somebody, oh, I could have stayed in this and did X, Y, Z. And if you was a high school player or uh, a uh, whatever, a doctor, whatever in the case may be, and you got hit with something, and you're going to steal somebody, you're going to tell that story to. So why not tell it to a good audience like this? That's <laughs> you right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's so important to share our stories because mm-hmm. a lot of times we hold all of that inside. Right. But you never know who that is going to inspire and who needs to hear it. Exactly. And, I, yeah, I love, I'm, I'm so thankful that you came on here today to, to share too. your Thank story. You. Yeah. And I, so I want to know, mm-hmm. what would you – what things would you share to, with somebody who's maybe going through something, who's facing a hard diagnosis or, or, or dealing with something that's just, you know, the, the diagnosis looks grim or that may be really hard or depressing. What mm-hmm. would you, what would you tell them to offer them a, a few words of inspiration? First of all, I would say to them, just like was told to me, you know, uh, you can tell a person all you want. Like, I, I, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Uh, you know, I hate you going through this, but I'm here for you, support, or whatever the case may be. I would like to tell that individual to take heed to whoever's reaching out to you, even though you're going through something at this point in time. But always remember, is when you hurt, you're hurting someone else. You, 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 when you hurt, you don't know who else you are affecting. And not only that, you may come out of it just like I just came out of it. But during the course of your trial and tribulation, where you're sitting back feeling sorry for yourself, you don't know who you had affected, and now they are in a slump and mm-hmm. can't get out of it. See, I didn't think about that also, because when somebody loves you and cares for you unconditionally, you don't know what they're going through. Because I know many nights I can hear my wife crying next door, I mean, on the side of me, and didn't know why. And then she would say, you know, I just want you to just get up out this run. And then I say, you know, I got to do it. I got to do it. So Aww. then you, like I said, but then you just never you know. Make a <laughs> <laughs> but then you never know if it, 
you know, it could be your kids. And it, and it can be a, a situation where they be like, oh, man, my dad ain't able to see me uh, do this in school or in the band or whatever. Just like a, a whatever, just being a part of their life, everyday life, just going out, walking, whatever. You sitting back feeling woo, but it's just not you. It's someone else. So you need to get on up and get to it. <laughs> So somebody waiting for you to, to hear what you got to do, and, and that's where we're at now. So good, just good keep for pushing you, forward. though, Kevin, that you, you know, I think it is real easy to be, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. really self-absorbed and mm-hmm. self-involved, and good for you that that you recognized the people that needed you and that they, you mm-hmm. know, are going through this with you because they love you deeply mm-hmm. and they care for you. And I mean, I think that's a good lesson for all of us because no matter what mm-hmm. is going on in our life, sometimes it's really easy for us to get self-absorbed and think about everything that's affecting us. Right. And like with you, that kind of gave you the inspiration mm-hmm. or it was part of what gave you the inspiration right. to pull you back out is just kind of turning that back towards the people that you care about and saying mm-hmm. they need me, right. this affects them too. And I don't think everybody can do that. Right. You know, it's real easy to just Say, think about me. you and mm-hmm. you and you. And I mean, it's understandable right. when you're yeah. going through mm-hmm. something like that. And I think there's times that that's, you know, something you have to do, like, right. like Christy said, and just kind of process. But right. I love that you made it about other people right. is what I'm trying to say that I, that you made it about others and not just yourself and how they felt. Right. Because at, at the end of the day, it's still not just you because I it's take a supporting cash to help you because when I was going to the doctor, I couldn't drive myself. So therefore she was taking me, mm-hmm. other people was coming by bringing stuff over to the house because at the time I didn't know what I know now that she was, to the point where she really couldn't cook because she was feeling bad about me. So, you know, you start telling other people about, well, you know, he won't get out this, he won't do this, and and you know, you just gotta, you know, you gotta fight for the people that's fighting for you. You just mm-hmm. gotta fight no matter what, no matter what the circumstances are. You have to fight because at the end of the day, you know, you only have one life, and if you just sit there and waste it and just waste your life away, you know. It's somebody out there that need need you. And like right now, had not I met you, I wouldn't be able to be talking to some people here on your podcast. So if it's only one person that may take this and and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to start today. Today is the day I will start. Then we all touch somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I will appreciate it, you know. Well, look at you too. I love mm-hmm. the way that things have actually turned around for you. You you took a totally different instead of just giving in to the things that you couldn't do and mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, I'm going to lose my vision. My life is over." Basically, right. you started focusing all the on all the things that you you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, taking care of yourself, working out, doing right. all these things. And now I'm so excited about your doctor's appointment where right. they may be able to do something. Not to help excited as I am. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I and, can't wait and, to yeah, hear about and, it. And, and then again, again, like you just stated, had I stayed in a dark space, I wouldn't even be at this point now where they be, are able to tell me some type of good news. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I gave up on life. So you just can't, you just cannot give up on life because at the end of the day, it's going to always be something that you can do. Whether if you don't think you can inspire someone else to go be great. And you can, you know, sit back and say, hey, I'm, I was happy to be a part of that individual life. 
And just like I even told uh, Beth at one time, I don't know what it was that made me reach out and tell her my situation. I, you remember I said that you? Yeah, and you I, said something uh, to the effect like I don't really. I don't tell I don't people. Really people this. No, I, I don't still know why say I'm that. telling I don't. you this. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And next thing I know, she said, you, "Will you be interested in sharing your story?" And I said, uh, I don't have a story. <laughs> she said, I think you do. I think you do. I said, well, if you think I do, I think I do. <laughs> then I come home and I said, to my wife, I said, well, I met this lady at the gym. She said, I have a story to tell. She said, <laughs> she, <laughs> I said, I don't think I do. She said the same thing. She said, yeah, you got a story to tell. I said, well, I do got a story. <laughs> then I said to her, I said, what is it? <laughs> and she said, you know what all you've been through and still going through, you just be you. Mm -hmm. I said I can do that <laughs> yeah so, I think I mean I think you have an amazing story I don't think I know mm -hmm. it's very inspiring it. and yeah. you're just an inspiring person I love I love your happy positive mm -hmm. attitude and mm -hmm. I mean you're just an inspiration I feel like I've said that like 10 times but mm -hmm. that's truly yeah, I appreciate you truly it, yeah. are and also I think I did tell you too then during the COVID 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 whatever that you want to call it <laughs> I uh, found out remember I think I told you I had prostate cancer yeah, yes, you've not even talked about that, but I, yeah. you did. Let me you bring did that up. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've yeah. been through a yeah. lot, mm -hmm. and and that's when they found out. I'll never forget. Um, at the time, my wife and I didn't know the reason why I had an appointment to have surgery to remove it. Just say it was tomorrow. The date is to October or whatever seventeenth. And so when the time that came along. They informed us, they said, well, one of the machines is broken and we won't be able to have your surgery. So that was fine. Then next thing you know, something else took place. So my wife said, well, what's going on? Why are you not able to get your surgery? Because they know you need your prostate removed. Because at that point, we didn't know. Let me let me go back sometime. When I was in New Jersey, I went to go, you know, get the procedure done to see whether or not, my, you know, like when you get a certain age, you go check and make sure if you have a prostate or whatever, they catch it early whatever case may be. Mm -hmm. But when I went, had gone, the doctor said I was fine. So it wasn't until I came to Madison and I went to the doctor's office and the lady told me, you know, you also need blood work. And I said, well, I was in New Jersey. I, they said everything was fine. So after the blood work had come back then, she had told me you have, a, you know, you know, prostate cancer. So then I went to some place in Athens. They said it had spread it, so they had to try to hear it and give me the surgery. So that's why I'm leading up to the reason why we was my wife got upset that they prolonged the, the surgery because at that point when they, we found out, it was like to the point where it could have been affecting other part of my body. Because normally when you have prostate cancer, if you catch it early, you safe, you good. Right. Yeah. But again, when I was in New Jersey, the doctor never picked it up because. I tell everyone, I'm glad I'm t speaking on it now. You you shouldn't just get, you should always get the blood work done also, not just the, uh, you know, the other yeah. thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's the reason why I, they didn't detect it in New Jersey. And, and thank God for the lady again, another doctor here, she persists on that. I take the blood work and I'm looking like, lady, I told you. This guy, <laughs> yeah. You know, I ain't say it like that, but I just said, I, I, I informed yeah. her I, I already, you know, went through the procedure and things like that. And so and that's when it came back and they showed me how it spread or whatever case may be. And this happened just in 2019 going on 20 when the COVID came out. And that's the reason why they were kept putting off the uh, procedure. But we didn't know at the time that we was getting ready to be on a lockdown. And that's mm -hmm. what the reason. So I'm looking on top of having this. I, you've had this now. I don't know if I'm going to 
prostate gonna cancer gonna spread through my body. So that was another thing that hit me, and I'm like, man, what else gonna come my way? And so my wife called and kept calling whatever, and they eventually gave me an appointment to have the surgery, and they removed everything successfully. <laughs> thank God, you know. And uh, but the moral story is, is there still you even though you're having one problem, you still may have a problem after the other one, but you just still just got to keep moving forward. I said all that to say this. I know I'm rambling off, but you got to, you just got to, you just got to stay positive and move forward and, and stay consistent in what you're doing because at the end of the day, you, you view stress, it's going to uh, attack your immune system more and whatever you're going through, it's going to uh, get the procedure going through faster. And that's what happened to my eye. That's the reason why I went blind. And it just didn't go blind. I may say this too overnight, it gradually started going in like losing my eyesight. So therefore, I still had time to save it, but at the time, I just had given up. So again, the uh, uvitis that I have, it doesn't attack your eye. Well, I wake up tomorrow, my right eye will be uh, lost. Mm -hmm. My my, 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 my uh, eyesight, not right eye, but my eyesight will be lost. It's just a procedure that will be going on daily. Like I start start seeing more blurriness and this and that. So again, that's what happened with my left eye. I saw it as it was deteriorating, but it, I just didn't do anything to stop it. So let me ask you this, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Other people who may be dealing with an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. because I know they're all different, but they all are, are, are kind of the same in one way or another. Right. One is they have that a lot in common. They, they, they really do. do. Mm-hmm. It's where your body attacks itself. It has a lot to mm-hmm. do with inflammation and different things like that. What have you found that you do just on your own that helps you? Like you said, something about stress. Is it mm-hmm. keeping your that's stress the most levels That's the lower? most important. That's, a lot of people do not, they they do know, they don't re- realize it, but the doctor would tell you stress will eat you alive. It's just like if, you know, even the average person, if you work in a job that you don't like or if you doing this and you just, you know, some people just get stressed and get to wearing or whatever like that. And it, and when you if you ever notice when you stress it goes to whatever part of your body that uh, hurts the most. So say for instance, like if you have a problem with your head and you start stressing your your head, you're gonna have a bad terrible headache. Mm-hmm. If you have a backache, you know what stress gonna attack whatever that's uh, in your body that's already gonna come. They're gonna bring it to light faster than what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. And so I, I like what you said earlier though about you concentrating on the positive and doing all of Mm. that because if you do sit in that stress especially Mm. with someone with an autoimmune it's Mm. only going to make stuff worse and no doubt make your condition worse so you know a lot of there are a lot of people i'm sure that wouldn't go work out at the gym like you do and try to live a healthier lifestyle like what's the point you know i'm glad you brought that up but but the the thing is i'm glad you brought that up because what what you just said Mm -hmm. Two, one or two things can happen, and I'm a living witness of what stress would do. I lost my eyesight, see, and now I'm back up at it. Now I'm trying to keep my right eyesight. So, so I'm going through both things. So I can tell you the good and the bad. I lost my eyesight because I stayed in that dark room, being stressed out. Now I'm up and moving forward, and my, you know, my eye is blurred at times, but it's not like it was when I was in that dark room. And again. If had I stayed, and that's why I don't emphasize, if you stay stuck in a dark place, you still don't know all the resource that's there for you. 
And you just never know who you can talk to that can lead you to a different route that will help you with your situation. Because, again, like I said, I'm going to the doctor again tomorrow with some good news, whether they can restore it or not. It's still good news because someone coming, taking their time out to come alone and see. And I would, had I been still stuck in that dark room, I wouldn't have had this chance. So I'm saying you you have two choices in life. You know, you choice, you make a choice and, and keep going, or you have a you have a chance and a choice. You have a chance to sit back and do nothing. You have a choice to move forward and keep going. Now, which one you want, the chance or the choice? You pick it. I want the choice. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So now I'm able to, you know, by that choice, I'm able to go to the doctor tomorrow and, and see what they have to tell me. But that chance would have kept me back in that dark room. And I, the chance I'd have been losing my other eyesight and losing the people around you because still, no matter what you say, sooner or later, they still going to, they love you, but they're going to start falling off to the side because they looking like you gave up. So they're like, I see him uh, when I see him. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one or two things will happen. You're going to, you know, you, you just got to fight. I don't care what the circumstances are. You just got to fight. If you don't learn anything else, you have to fight to move forward and, and alleviate that stress. Yeah, you want to say, why me? Well, why not you? You know, it's it, it it's just like in the Bible, you know, Moses opened it, split the Red Sea. It could have been you. You know what I'm saying? You just never know. You know, you just got to get out and move, you know? So people out there that listen, I just, like I said, if there's anything you're going through, just, just think about the people around you, just supporting cast. Just do not think about, oh, it's just me. Because you can be the inspiration to the people around you and from the people from around you to the people outside of you and to the people what I'm doing now, water, order you. So let's get up and go. Let's move, baby. Ha, ha, ha.